This is Cinema Insights, the space where we talk about all things cinema and culture. My name is Mary, I'm a filmmaker, storyteller and a university tutor. Aside from the podcast, I share things on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. All links are in the description. Go follow me there. And the show notes, as usual, will be on my blog on Medium or the website. With that, let's dive into this episode. Today I'm recording on my phone and it's probably not going to be the same quality that you have been receiving in the past couple of weeks uh, because simply I am not at home today and my usual setup is not with me. So yeah, you know, and this episode due to that will mostly be a bit rambly, um, a bit ranty probably and less structured than the ones that I have been releasing in the past weeks that usually were scripted so you know let's dive in I guess I hope this doesn't really take you um take you aback from listening in and you will be able to continue to go about your day while you're listening to me ranting about stuff in your ears so either grab your snacks and grab your teas and coffees and join in or you can wash your dishes clean your houses and use me as a body double if you need to so the reason why this episode will be a little bit more rambly and ranty is because um i was planning to talk about the art of cinema and the fact that we've lost it for a while now anyway because this is one of the things that I'm extremely passionate about and that I talk about a lot on my me- on my social media accounts but also simultaneously Twitter has brought us uh, back to the discussion of CinemaSins and uh, their involvement and in how media literacy has dropped across audiences so that being said this is where I'm, I am at today and this is what I'm going to be discussing because Again, it's one of my passions um, and one of the things that I always talk about when it comes to um, working with students and working on changing what the future of the cinema industry can be and should be. So I want to start from talking about the cinema as an art form today and how we perceive it and what potentially are the issues that we are facing right now when it comes to directing our art form towards the audiences and what obstacles we usually come across when it comes to telling stories visually. Um, I have been noticing for a while that a lot of people are... So there are two main issues that I see personally. The first one is prioritizing entertainment over um, some emotional connection or over the story, the message of the story and um, stuff like that. The first thing that I see it in is the writers, uh, not the writers who are in the industry of course, but mostly the, um, the aspiring and up and coming writers because the amount of situations and the amount of times I have been um, in a conversation with a student who wants to write a script and I would ask them uh, one simple question, why? This is also the reason why I promote asking people why they like a certain story or why they want to write one. You can split this question into three main things. So I word it as why are you telling this story now? And 
by emphasizing different parts of the question, we can answer in a different way. Why are you telling this story now? Why are you telling this story now? And why are you telling this story now? So there are three things that people, I, I urge people to think about. Why it is important for them to tell the story, why it's them who are supposed to tell the story, and why now? Right, so what's the relevance, what's the message, and why it is important to them? Because unless we put some sort of passion and thought process into the story that we are creating, there won't be enough sub substance behind it. There won't be enough depth behind it. Because of course we can always think about target audiences and how it's going to make money and how much money it's, it can make. But at the same time, we have to remember the depth. We have to remember the message. The great example is obviously Barbie. Um, the recent success of that story is incredible. And the reason why it is so successful is because by targeting a specific audience and knowing what exactly do they want to see, they've created the depth in the characters and in the story that was necessary for the films to be as successful as it is right now. So. And the reason why people forget about that is, in my opinion, because obviously we see studios working, mostly thinking about the target audience and sales and, and, and the profit. And hence why people usually end up prioritizing that specific thing, the entertainment value, the virality value over the meaning behind it. And yeah, of course, people will always bring up the fact that there is that's what studios do this is the whole purpose of them and that's what the market makes people do but then let's have a look at a24 as an example of a studio that prioritizes stories over anything else they're not obviously as successful as the larger studios their profit is significant but not in billions of dollars of course but people love that studio the follow the audience and the fans that it is gathering is a specific audience of people who are tired of the template that the studios are using so there is the, the space to explore that why are we forgetting the depths of the story why are we generally forgetting the fact that stories always were about emotions and always were about the depth and the messaging right if you think about storytelling as a concept without the cinema aspect of it you can remember that stories were part of our existence of our human existence since the dawn of time where people use stories to either teach people something or you know feel something uh, actually back in the day what before people started writing storytelling was part of the education part of the uh, transferring culture and knowledge through to the generations as well so there was always the value in the stories that we are telling and somehow because of the market that we're in right now we forgot about that so that's number one it's prioritizing entertainment over the depth and the meaning and uh i solely believe also uh the, the second big issue is um ideology it is it is so significant so easy to see how we ended up prioritizing our ideologies and our you know maybe political or social beliefs uh over the art form 
we are applying our ideologies to anything that we see the one of the examples that comes to mind well actually two examples that are coming to my mind are, are again barbie or oppenheimer because they just came out uh, obviously when barbie came out and ben shapiro who is a political commentator on youtube and in, in daily wire uh, he immediately released a video explaining that Barbie is garbage because this, this and this and he expected it to flop, which we're used to Ben Shapiro being wrong. So that wasn't really a surprise to anybody. But that's what I mean, where because of the ideology that this person has, he didn't go to watch a film for the sake of the film. He wasn't ready to consume it in the way that will allow him to potentially understand it as an art form, as a story, as um, something visual. Because he immediately applied his ideology and his political views onto the story and he wasn't even remotely receptive to what this film could potentially create. Um, another example as well is Oppenheimer, of course, is uh, one of the viral tweets that went off as soon as Oppenheimer released was the fact that, you know, why didn't this film show the a point of view of, of of Japan when the bombs dropped and um, that tweet obviously very quickly got criticized uh, a lot of people re responded more over Twitter itself added the reader context thing right next to it explaining why it's not there but you know when we think about our ideologies and we expect things to be the way they are so that our political and so social views are um, validated we forget about the 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 reasons why the films were constructed the way they were so oppenheimer is a pov of oppenheimer himself of course there's going to be bias of course there's going to be neglect of certain topics because we are watching a story from the perspective of the main character this is not something that covers the D world war ii film from the objective perspective so this is why I believe that the biggest, uh, the second biggest issue with us understanding what cinema is actually is the fact that we are now prioritizing ideology as well over the art form. And it's very interesting because um, that essentially leads me to the cinema sins conversation because, um, listen, like to, from the get go, I will say that I'm not a fan of cinema sins. I've never been. Um, for some reason, when um, in 2014, I was in a YouTube sphere, and I was watching everything on YouTube. I wasn't keen to be a fan. I didn't, I wasn't impressed by their content whatsoever. It never hooked me. So I never followed. But I, I, I was aware of them. And I watched a few of their stuff back in 2014. And <laughs> this is the whole I'm, I'm circling back to the film bro story um that was my very first episode of cinema insights that i haven't published for you to youtube but you can listen to it on on spotify and other places so the film bros and uh, cinema sins and the the level of media literacy are all kind of connected in my head um, and again, to before people start coming at me, this is my personal perception and personal opinion. Um, so, you know, um, leave me alone with that. Um, the reason why I think this is all connected together is because when you watch Cinema Sins, um, the criticism is very surface level, to say the least, right? Um, and, and obviously the, the guys, the, the channel itself openly talks about the fact that it's all surface level, they're not critics, they're fans, and this is all satire. 
to me that sounds like a cop-out because if you are placing yourself as a cinephile if you were a manager of a cinema complex and you started doing this because you love cinema you wouldn't i don't see somebody who loves cinema as a cinephile doing something like this nitpicking and trashing films for the sake of it for the sake of jokes that aren't funny by the way um because as a cinephile myself i adore the art form i adore the visual storytelling aspect of it i absolutely love the genre um and yes of course there will be films that i will laugh at there will be films that i would consider to be amateur or or outright bad um like you know uh, the the recent one i've watched on netflix was school of, the school of bad and evil um the good of good and evil and that is not a good film in my opinion right um but the way cinema sins approaches the topic is they would choose the film that is currently in a discourse uh they would target that film specifically because everybody discusses it and it's popular it will definitely bring the clicks right and then they trash it for no reason with with very very clear and clear understanding that they're not paying attention uh purposefully and maybe they are behind the scenes but the the way the channel is constructed is that's the whole point of their criticism right that's how they present themselves um the 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 whole criticism of films on that channel i've already said it's surface level it's useless it's not funny and comes off as something um i don't know la- there is lack of value behind those videos but um they've gathered a gigantic fan base 9 million subscribers on youtube there are people who are who were inspired by cinema since to create their own platforms and continue you know the conversations about film industry in the future uh, the the sheer influence of cinema since on the film industry side of the internet is something undeniable and this is where my issue comes in my issue is not necessarily with how they critique or how they present themselves i mean some people probably find it funny um there might be people who um understand that this is satire and that don't have to take them seriously and that's fine you know you can enjoy stuff for the sake of enjoyment uh for the sake of entertainment that's okay my issue is the lack of recognition of how much this channel and channels like them contributed to the media literacy issue that we are experiencing right now and the reason why i've mentioned the core of storytelling in the very beginning is in this because we forget that stories are about emotions stories are supposed to make us feel something different things uh depends on the genre of the film we are supposed to experience something emotionally not intellectually and sometimes in intellectual rationalization of the film that you're watching is not going to be successful it's not going to help you to understand the film it's not going to help you to criticize it that's where my issue is the lack of recognition that these people are affecting the large audiences and how they perceive cinema um because they forget about emotional side of it and they nitpick every film from the intellectual perspective to come off as very smart and very 
up to date um, they are promoting the same way of thinking towards the large audience that they have 9 million is a huge influence um, just try to visualize 9 million people in one one place and think about how many of them will be rational how many of these people will be able to separate satire and not take it seriously and just watch it for entertainment and how many of them will take on the same style of criticism and continue on doing the same thing right just think about it moreover the channel was established in 2012 a lot of people grew up on youtube like i said i'm 26 now um i have grown up on youtube with other creators not cinemasins specifically and my um my process of growing up highly dependent depended on who i was watching at the time i was a teenager of course i will be influenced because i don't know any better <laughs> so there will be people like me who grew up watching cinemasins and they took upon the same process of thinking and dissecting films and most of those people remind me of none other but film bros because film bros have a tendency to to prefer rational intellectual approach to film criticism over the emotional one emotional intelligence is neglected by film bros vastly neglected because they would prioritize the script the arc structure the all the technical things you know the the shots the continuity dialogue some direction of the actors they will be prioritizing technicalities over the overall picture and how it made them feel and why it made them film the way it did so for, for the people who are arguing on the side of cinema sins <clears throat> and they're defending them as, um, you know, not critics, but fans. Uh, and then complaining that people who are criticizing CinemaSins lack of media literacy. That's a, that's a very, very silly point. Because we can understand that this is satire. And we can understand that the initial idea of it probably was okay. And we also can understand, like I've mentioned before, that there will be a portion of their audience that will be okay with it and they will be rational and they will not take it as seriously as possible but they have nine million subscribers on one channel they have multiple others they had a podcast or still have it the in the massive influence that they have created affects a lot more people than a couple of rational guys who are saying oh well leave them alone they're not critics this is a cop-out what pisses me off is the lack of recognition of the fact that they've contributed to the level of media literacy that we are seeing right now. That's my problem. And I think that majority of people who are criticizing cinema sins right now, to the extent that I've seen online, like be that on Twitter or TikTok, are saying the same thing. It's not about the fact that, you know, we, we're not expecting them to be perfect cinema critics with um, some sort of, you know, a pretentious approach to um, cinema as an art form. We, we want them to recognize that they've con contributed to this and we want them to try to change. And don't get me wrong, like this discourse has been brought up multiple times before. This channel had been in controversy before film directors and other filmmakers criticized them for the specific the, the similar similar things about nitpicking and 
you know, trashing films for the sake of clicks and blah, blah, blah. They have received this criticism multiple times before. They have, there have been so many video essays that dissected the issues with this channel and even had a capacity to speak to <laughs> the writers of CinemaSins. Yes, they do have writers, apparently, um, allegedly, you know. Um, and time after time after time, CinemaSins have proven that they are not interested in hearing criticism which is very ironic that the channel that is criticizing someone else's art form is not ready to hear and um, process the criticism that's directed at them this is very ironic to me personally you know so th that hypocrisy plus the fact that I have seen people taking on CinemaSins opinions about films and spreading them as their own or not even like thinking about thinking about watching a film because CinemaSins criticized it and so on you know it, it's very obvious that's what social media does the lack of nuance and the readiness of the audiences to take on the opinions of the their idols or you know their influencers you know for the sake of this argument um take on that opinion and just roll with it without trying to think outside the box without confirming by them for themselves that's what social media is for and that's what it does and we've seen this not just with this discourse but it happens all the time with everything and because this channel with that massive audience and massive influence refuses to acknowledge their involvement in this problem it pisses me off and now circling back to the whole perception of cinema now um combining cinema and cinema sins as a as a, just a sheer example of what has been going on for a while with the fact that even the studios are prioritizing entertainment and ideology over storytelling and over emotions you know it's it's very clear that this is how we got here this is what brought us to the point where we have no idea what cinema actually is supposed to be we don't know anymore i mean there are people of course who still remember and um, understand it and they try to bring it bring it back by discussing the value of cinema in the way that it's supposed to be um but and, and I see these people all the time. Of course, there is, there is a lot of people who are um, agreeing with me in the comment center on my videos. There is just people expressing the similar opinion to mine somewhere else in, um, you know, in the depths of the internet. So I, I've seen that there are people who understand the issue and they know that this, this needs to be corrected. But let's think about the vast audience. Because we've been fed Marvel stuff and... Um, you know the conveyor type of TV conveyor type of filmmaking for a very long time we obviously do not remember the core of the art form which is a story and a story is a, you know it's supposed to be an experience for the soul it's supposed to be an experience for your heart it's supposed to be an experience for your feelings to make us think, to make us feel, to make us recognize things about the human experience that we probably won't be able to experience um, in our personal lives. The reason why there are so many World War II films and the reason why they're usually successful is because people who remember how it was are dying because they're getting old. 
but the younger generations are supposed to remember how it was and therefore we are continuing to tell these stories through various different forms including film this is what storytelling is supposed to be this is what cinema is supposed to be and not just in the world war ii theme but anything really what are the chances that you will be able to experience something from a rom-com in your personal life what are the chances that you will be able to experience the terror of a paranormal activity movie or blair witch project movie the the, the 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 stories and the films are there for us to experience something that we probably won't be able to in real life or they're there for us to see that we are not alone in our experiences it is always about emotions and because we're forgetting that, because we're prioritizing clicks, profit, entertainment, ideology, and we think about how we're going to sell our stuff instead of thinking how we're going to impact the people, how are we going to impact the audience, the society, what story are we telling and why, because we're forgetting that core, we are in a situation where we have writers striking, actors striking, VFX uh, workers are unionizing, we are in a situation where people are pissed off by the studios as well because of the quality. Marvel finally flopped with their recent series about the secret invasion. Have you seen the screenshot? Not the screen. Well, screenshots, yeah. Have you seen the screenshots from the filming process and how it looked on screen in the uh, after the post? The fact that they filmed um, a scene on the green screen and even the gun wasn't real? This is where we are. Are it's it's the um, <clears throat> it's a conveyor. This is not art anymore, and that's my problem with it. But the question remains: like, how how can we fix it? And if we can, then how? Um, because I can criticize this story, and I can I can talk and whine and complain about this for hours on end. But the question is: can we can we change anything? I think that we can. I think that we can. Um, there are multiple ways, I would assume. I think most importantly, the people who are who care about cinema and who care about the art form and the storytelling need to speak more. Um, I think people who are prioritizing those particular part of the um, of cinema need to be heard more. We need to start re-educating and telling people what we need to prioritize maybe continuing to criticize CinemaSins and similar channels similar creators on various platforms and explaining why they are mistaken would be also another thing that we can do maybe trying to present a different perspective of films that are being highly criticized by the vast audience would be also a thing that we can do but generally apart from potential activism which sounds weird but from the potential activity that we and the the loudness that we can create on social media we don't really have any other options until people who are passionate about cinema uh, enter the global market but that's almost impossible it's very difficult to get in there so directing your um, interest in cinema and interest in filmmaking towards 
indie studios or independent filmmakers who are doing stuff out their own pocket uh, for for the sake of their passion that would be another thing to do as an as an audience member you in, uh, as someone you who's not creating the films you can try and expand your interest and watch something independent there are so many filmmakers on various platforms who are trying to promote their stuff and they're not gaining any traction because nobody's interested in it and they can't afford marketing simply because marketing is expensive so maybe creating communities for independent filmmakers and trying to create some sort of network that will promote them would be an option but we're not really talking about that are we at least not yet and that's what kind of worries me is that the fact that we're living in the time of individualism and we're forgetting about how powerful society and communities can be by thinking about our personal experiences in a cinema or in a theater while we're watching a film we're forgetting that we as an audience actually are capable of changing things if we are if we are going to direct our attention to something else and i know that the new projects that are coming out are very exciting i can't wait to watch a uh, david fincher's film the killer i really can't wait to watch it i um I've been a fan of David Fincher for a while and I really want to see what he's come up since Gone Girl. I can't wait to see The Killers of the Flower Moon. Of course, we're going to have these big projects coming out all the time. Rarely now, because of the strikes, we'll have delays and stuff, of course. But we will see them every now and then. But because it's not going to be constant why don't we in the meantime try to find something else something independent something worthy something with the depth and the value in it with the story in it that's going to make us feel something at the end of the day when it comes to understanding what cinema is the best thing that you can do in order to you know please your own film bro ego is to listen to scorsese he himself said that cinema is something that makes you feel something and learn something new about yourself in the world every time you watch a film. You can watch and rewatch one film every now and then and you will find something new for yourself every single time. My favorite example here when people ask me what's your favorite film, I like to freak people out and say Devil Wears Prada. Because nobody understands that. Nobody gets it, gets an idea of what I'm about to tell you. You know, people who are into films, who are either cinephiles or film bros or whatever they are, they would ask me this, hoping to hear, I don't know, something Nolan's or Fincher's or Scorsese's or, you know, the, the usual lot. But when I sell, say Devil's, Devil Wears Prada, they're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, here's the deal. The reason why that film is so important to me is because I watched it when I was a girl, a little girl, I don't know, uh, for maybe 12, 13. And I watched it because I, um, I watched it with my dad, I think for the first time. And my dad is one of the closest people in the world to me, personally. Uh, I'm lucky like that. Um, and he told me, he showed me the story of Andy from the film and from the book. And he told me about the work ethic that she had and what the story is teaching people in his eyes which obviously now being 26 year old myself i might not agree with what he used to tell me back then 
But that was a very special bonding moment between me and my dad. And I value that story because of this. And I watch it, I think, once a year, religiously, always, at least once a year. And I always find something new for, for myself. It reminds me of things. It reminds me about the things that the story is about. The dedication, the work, passion, goals, achievements. That sometimes you have to uh, adjust to the society that you're in to be able to achieve what you want, even if you don't like it. That's also something I had to learn in life. But additionally to all of this, I have a memory of my dad and I bonding over a film. That's what cinema is to me. And that's why Devil Wears Prada is the film that I will always bring up as my favorite. Even though it doesn't make sense to a lot of people who are very pretentious, 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 um, I can't say this word, <laughs> in their um, tastes. That's my story. So can we start thinking about the opposite side of this? Can we start moving towards an understanding that cinema is more than just um, how much it gained in the box office in the first weekend? Cinema is more than just entertainment or ideology or um, something funny or uh, anything uh, that is surface level and very, very based in, in, in something intellectual. Can we start moving towards remembering what stories are about? Because otherwise we won't be able to see the change that we want to see. And if you still don't believe me in the way I perceive the current situation with cinema, try looking at the hashtag filmmaking in um, any social media, but specifically TikTok. I've made a video about that and a lot of people agreed with me, but no, a lot, mm, um, I'm exaggerating, but people did agree with me, some, some of them, who saw my video at least. Um, the hashtag filmmaking uh, on TikTok is consisting of people talking about video videography, new cameras, how to use cameras, how to make a cool shot. That's not what filmmaking is about. And it worries me that we are thinking about technological advances and we're thinking about cameras, shots, and again, technicalities, instead of thinking about what filmmaking has always been about, which is the story. It concerns me because people who want to be cinematographers end up being in that sphere of the internet thinking, oh, well, without the newest camera, I will suck as a videographer. Listen, you can film something on a calculator. As long as it has good audio and a good story, it will work. You can use the shittiest camcorder from 2000s and still make a great film if you think about the story and if you care about the sound. Although sound also is optional because it depends if it fits the art form and if, it's, if, if it fits the narrative, it might be shitty sound too. It doesn't matter what you're using creating a film. What matters is the story. So that's one of the very blunt giveaways of the fact that filmmaking is not the way it's supposed to be and we forgot the core of the cinema a very long time ago and we urgently need to do something about it. This is why I do what I do online. Even though my platform is teeny tiny, it's not, it's non-existent. But as I gain my voice, as I, as I find the way I want to speak to the public, I'll speak about this more because I care about it. I went to become a filmmaker 
because I sat in cinema watching a film that touched me deeply and then I watched the audience react to it and I realized what impact films can make on people and on the society. That's why I went into filmmaking and now I see things happen and I don't agree with it. And I know I'm not the only one. I know there's more people. So I think that once I find my voice, um, once I find other people, maybe there is a potential for change, but I'm being very, very uh, obnoxious about this right now for no reason. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to finish the episode because otherwise I'm going to continue on repeating myself because I think I'm already about, I'm, I'm about to start repeating myself. But this is my contention with cinema sins and film critique culture online and everything else that i think is wrong with understanding cinema and media literacy levels which you know as the audience we are capable of changing that and also as filmmakers we are capable of changing that it's just a matter of finding each other and working together on making that change happen but if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Um, I mean, I would assume that you would be somebody who's a fan of cinema sins and we will never see eye to eye. So if you want to argue with me, um, that's fine. I'm just not going to reciprocate. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. You can trash me all you want. Um, because my opinion will stay my opinion, unfortunately, for you. And um, if you do agree with me, please do let me know in the comments or, you know, share your stories. Tell me what you think. Um, tell me what your favorite film is, by the way, uh, because I've shared mine in this episode, uh, which wasn't really expected. Um, tell me what yours is, but don't tell me uh, something that everybody will expect. You know, tell me the real favorite film of yours that you can rewatch every year and not get bored of it. Um, and with that, I'm concluding this episode. Um, it has been a strange one because, again, I'm recording on my phone. I'm not on my usual setup. You probably have heard multiple sounds in the background. Um, and it's not scripted. It's a ranty one. Um, if you liked it, maybe I'll make more of these. <laughs> so let me know if you want me to do more of these kind of ranty s stuff. And uh, with that, follow me on social media. All the links will be in the description. I'm not sure if I'm going to do show notes for this one because there is not much I can say. Um, apart from repeating myself again. And with that, I will see you in the next one. Over and out.